Well, welcome. Welcome to Seventh Avenue Presbyterian Church. Whether you are joining us here in person or later online, we are glad to be with you, and you'll find the complete announcements in your email. And now, in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself, becoming still as you prepare to worship God. Gather us in your spirit, O God. Enlighten us with justice. Gather us in your spirit, O God. Gather us with compassion. Gather us in your spirit, O God. Revere us with love. Yes. Alleluia. Amen.
Let us join together in the corporate prayer of adoration and wholeness, followed by a time of silence. Let us pray. O God, in whom we live and breathe and have our being, we give you thanks for the gift of life, of community, of our very selves. Forgive us when we take these gifts for granted. Move us to be people of action and prayer. Work through us to bring about the justice of Christ, the love of God, and the reconciliation between all peoples. And now, in silence, let us continue in prayer. Let us receive these words of assurance. Happy are those who follow the way of God. They are like trees planted by streams of living water. Believe the good news. Through the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the presence of the Spirit, we are renewed to life. Alleluia. Amen.
turn to our sisters and brothers in Christ, saying, The peace of Christ be with you. A reading of selections from this 22nd chapter of the book of Proverbs. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give us light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be open to hear your word for us this day. Amen. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Holy One is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fall. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Holy One pleads their cause and despoils of life those who despoil them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Be God's holy 
Our second reading this morning is from the Epistle of James, chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there, or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that the Holy One has promised to those who love God? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a tra transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Here ends the reading. There was a Zen monk who spent most of his time out in the world. Each year, he went back to the monastery to stay for a while. Everyone, whether just visiting or not, was given work to do. His job was to sweep the courtyard. He loved this work. He loved clearing leaves. He loved a good straw broom. As he swept, he imagined he was also sweeping out his inner world. He enjoyed the simplicity of that, the satisfaction of it. 
Each day he rose and swept again, the work of his body matching the work of his spirit. One night, he decided to go to the courtyard alone to meditate before going to bed. He got himself situated, sitting in his robes, and after meditating for a while, but not long enough to really feel like an achievement, he lifted his gaze to find a toad sitting across from him. He decided he would just stay until the toad moved. So the toad and the monk kept sitting until finally the monk said, okay, fine, you win. And he got up and went to bed. After spending the day letting go and clearing space, the world of achievement, of proving oneself, of fitting in, quickly returns. Even sitting becomes a competition with an unsuspecting toad. If only it had moved, he would have done well enough. Of course, well enough wasn't the point. He knew that, just as we do. But there it was again. And so the sweeping, the sweeping became a welcome friend. Our second reading today was written in the name of James, the brother of Jesus. James was not always on the same page with Jesus. The Gospel of Mark tells a story of Jesus going on a long journey, casting out demons, only to return home and be greeted by James and his other siblings, trying to restrain him, for they had worried he had lost his mind. But as happens, following Jesus' death, James became a legend, a leader of the church whose insides always matched his outsides. He was known as James the Just and was described as having calloused knees of a camel. So fervent was he in praying for forgiveness for the sins of the people. Legend has it that some 30 or 40 years after Jesus' death, James was taken to the pinnacle of the temple, and by threat of his own death, was asked to testify against Jesus and the proclamation that he was the Son of God. When he refused, he was thrown down from the pinnacle. Surviving the fall, he was then stoned and clubbed. And yet, even as he lay dying, he was still praying for them. Though James the person was likely not as unwavering or free from fault as James the legend, there was clearly a desire in the people for a leader of such integrity. Someone as pure of heart and mind as we might imagine a monk to be sitting in meditation. Unsurprisingly, the letter given in James' name calls the tribes of the diaspora to remember their own story, what they know to be true, and to live consistent 
with that truth. They were the poor. They had been promised peace only to wander, worried about daily food in the wilderness. They had cried out for mercy and endured judgment. This had become part of their identity, part of how they understood themselves as the people of God. Identifying with the poor as the poor was not always comfortable for them, let alone something lifted up as honorable. It developed during the fall of the kingdom, when the people of Israel had become the displaced poor, and they were trying to make sense of how they could still be the favored ones of God. Over time, being the poor became interchangeable with being the pious, those faithful ones who would one day know God's righteousness. The rich became identified with the insincere, the impious, those members of the elite who refused to listen to the prophets of God and who would also one day receive their just reward. So depending on the point in history and the socioeconomic situation of the time, identifying with the poor did not necessarily mean a person was without wealth, or that they were antagonistic toward others who had wealth. It was possible that you could be a Pharisee with money and understanding yourself to be pious, identify with the poor. Or you could be an itinerant preacher, spend spreading the apocalyptic, apocalyptic message of the coming glory of God, a message to the long-awaited poor who, who also have the means enough to feed and house you. There is something tempting about the letter of James to make simple the tension between the poor and the rich, to edit out the layers of implied meaning and interpretation to ignore the fluidity of each side, of those with wealth also being the poor, and to ignore the reformulating of poverty, piety, humility into another elite status. It is tempting to let it just be a release valve, for as one scholar put it, the resentment of the masses the revolt of those who have not fared well. And to team up with James in correcting the people by pointing out all the ways they've deceived themselves and betrayed their own cause. Righteous indignation is almost as irresistible as getting drawn into a competition with a toad. If we are to take seriously the desire that our insides match our outsides, if we are to let mercy guide us in that effort and accept that we do love our neighbors 
as we love ourselves. It is worth acknowledging we hold more than one truth at the same time. We care about the poor, and it is not without tension. We care about belonging and being identified with what is held dear. Just as for the monk, there are truths James tells that we already know. We know the disparity between the rich and poor is wrong. We know dismissing someone because of their appearance or social status is contrary to the dignity we each deserve. We know our desire to fit in can sometimes lead to harm. And maybe saying it is important. Maybe it's like getting up in the morning and sweeping the courtyard again. May it be so. Amen. Let us stand as we affirm our faith with one another. We believe in a God who is about justice for the oppressed and food for the hungry. We believe in the Christ who reminds us that we are created equal in God's sight and called to imagine a world where peace is a reality and not simply a dream. We believe in Holy Spirit, who empowers us to change not only our lives, but the structures and systems which oppress others and keep all of us from true freedom. This we believe. Amen.
As God's people, we are called to love one another. Let us move into a time of prayer for the world, the whole human family, and those close to us. Let us pray. God of creation, we give you thanks for this planet we call home. We pray for restoration of calm and equilibrium once more, that the hurricanes might quiet and the fires might be contained. We pray for protection for all those living amidst and responding to water and fire storms. God, in your grace, you hear our prayer. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the gifts you fill our lives with. We pray that our financial offerings might be used for the inclusive ministry of the Christ in the world. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. All those prayers spoken and left unsaid, we release to you. Amen. This is the table of toads and monks, of rich and poor. This is the table that welcomes us with the tension we hold. This is the table that invites us to return each morning, honoring our labor, that our insides might match our outsides. So come not because you must, but simply because you may. Christ be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to God. Let us give thanks to the God of life. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Let us pray. 
Blessed are you, O God, giver of life. In the beginning you dreamed us into being and beheld us as your beloved, illuminating life, interdependent and rooted in you. Attentive to this new life, you wakened us to the beauty of color and texture, the saffron hues of the earth, the luscious blues of the sea, the wonder of touch, warm sun-baked sand made cool by soft lapping waves, the sounds of movement, rushing waters, rustling leaves in the wind, and the sheer silence. And when our senses were dulled, and we were lost in our wilderness wanderings, you called us to come home, back to the warmth of the ground, back to the quiet of the grass, back to your steadfast presence, saying, I am with you. You inspired prophets and sages throughout time and into this moment now to help guide us on our way, those with names known and unknown to us, the Hagars and Sarahs, the Jonahs and Elijahs, the mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers, the refugees and neighbors, the truth-tellers and conversation partners, those who have helped us open again and again to the water of abundance and life. This vibrancy of life we witness come forth through Jesus the Christ, who reached out in compassion to the poor and to the oppressed, freeing us from all that would do us harm and extending a healing touch mending our broken bodies and troubled hearts. Jesus walked with us through the whole of life, even unto death, in resurrection bringing us ever forward into new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy One, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Sweet mystery, pour out your spirit, we pray, on this simple bread, wheat from the field, that it might be for us the body of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray, on this cup, juice from the vine, that it might be for us the life of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray, on us, your gathered people, that we might truly know we are the body of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray. And now we are bold to pray the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with friends, just as we are gathered with friends of the faith. And he took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it, saying, This is my body broken and given for you. Take, eat, do this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sin and sealed with my love. Take, drink. For as often as we drink from one cup and break from one loaf, we proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of the Christ until we feast with him in glory. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them and feast on them in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Let us pray. 
God of love, you have fed us in word, in music, in bread, and in community. And for that, we give our thanks and praise. Amen. Go forth this day swept clear that your insides might match your outsides. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love, be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. peace.